the fifth canto of the song of three friends by john gneisenau nyhart this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by phil schempf the quarrel perceptibly at length the days grew longer and the winter's strength increased to fury down across the flat the blizzards bellowed and the people sat fur-robed about the smoky fires that stung their eyes to streaming when a freak gust flung the sharp reek back with flaws of powdered snow and much the old men talked of long ago invoking ghostly winters from the past till cold snap after cold snap followed fast and none might pile his verbal snow so deep but some athletic memory could heap the drifts a trifle higher give the cold a greater rigor in the story told put bellows to the wind already high and ever greater reverence thereby the old men won from gaping youths who heard like marginalia to the living word the howling of the poplars tempest bent the smoke flap cracking sharply at the vent the lodge poles creaking eerily and oh the happy chance of living long ago of having wrinkles now and being sires with many tales to tell around the fires of days when things were bigger all night long white hands came plucking at the buckskin thong that bound the door flap and the writhing dark was shrill with spirits by the snuffling bark of dogs that knew that homesick ghosts were there and often in the whirl of chilling air the weird ones entered through the flap still held built up in smoke the shapes they knew of eld grew thin and long to vanish as they came now had the scandal like a sudden flame fed fat with grasses perished in the storm the fundamental need of keeping warm sufficed the keenest gossip for a theme and whimsies faded like a warrior's dream when early in the dawn the foemen cry the time when calves are black had blustered by a weary season since the village saw the chief's wife pitching for her son-in-law the nuptial lodge she fashioned like a bow that feels the arrow's head the moon hung low that evening when they gave the wedding gifts and men had seen it glaring through the rifts of wintry war as up the east it reeled a giant warrior's battle-bitten shield but now it braved no more the charging air meanwhile the lodge of carpenters stood there beside the chieftains huddled in the snows and like a story everybody knows was little heeded now but there was one who seldom noted what was said or done among his comrades he would sit and look upon the fire as one who reads a book of woeful doings ever on the brink of ultimate disaster it was fink and seeing this talbot was sick at heart with dreading that his friends might drift apart and he be lost because he loved them both but knowing well mike's temper he was loath to broach the matter also knowing well that silence broods upon the hottest hell he prayed that fink might curse so worried past the days of that estrangement then at last one night when round their tent the blizzard roared and nestled in their robes the others snored talbot could bear the strain no more and spoke he opened with a random little joke like some starved hunter trying out the range of precious game where all the land is strange 
and as the hunter missing hears the grim and spiteful echo rifles mocking him his own unmirthful laughter mocked albeau he could have touched across the ember glow mike's brooding face yet mike was far away and oh that nothing more than distance lay between them any distance with an end how tireless then in running to his friend a man might be for suddenly he knew that mike would have him choose between the two how could he choose twixt carpenter and fink how idle were a choice twixt food and drink when choosing neither one were sooner dead thus torn within and hoarse with tears unshed he strove again to find his comrade's heart oh damn it mike don't make us drift apart don't do it mike this ain't a killin fuss and had not to phase the three of us that's weathered many a rough and tumble fight why don't you mind that hell a poppin night at baton rouge three years ago last fall the time we fit the whole damned dancin hall and waited out nigh belly deep in men oh who'd have said a girl could part us then and mike that fracas in the veed poche dive can you forget it long as you're alive a merry time a strollin arm in arm from drink to drink not calculatin harm but curious because st louis town fair boiled with greasy mountain men come down all brag and beaver howlin for a spree and then you mind a feller jostled me twas at the bar a chap all bones and big says he in french you eater of a pig make room for a mountain man and then says you in irish aimin where the whiskers grew and landin fair you eater of a dog make room for boatmen like a punky log that's water soaked he dropped what happened then a cyclone in a woods of mountain men that's what oh mike you can't forget it now and what in hell's a woman anyhow to memories like that so spoke talbot and pausing heard the hissing of the snow the snoring of the sleepers and the cries of blizzard-beaten poplars still fink's eyes upon the crumbling embers poured intent then momently or so it seemed there went across that alien gaze a softer light as when bleak windows in a moony night flush briefly with a candle borne along and suddenly the weary hope grew strong in him who saw the glimmer and he said oh mike i see the good old times ain't dead why don't you fellers shoot the whiskey cup the way you used to do then mike looked up twas bad the way the muscles twitched and worked about his mouth and in his eyes there lurked some crouching thing to hell with you he cried so love and hate that night slept side by side and hate slept well but love lay broad awake and like a woman for the other's sake eked out the lonely hours with worrying now came a heart-sick yearning for the spring upon talbot for surely this bad dream would vanish with the ice upon the stream old times be resurrected with the grass but would the winter ever ever pass the howling of the blizzard ever cease so often now he dreamed of hearing geese remotely honking in the rain-washed blue and ever when the blur of dawn broke through the scudding rack he raised the flap to see by sighting through a certain forked tree how much the sun made northward 
then one day the curtain of the storm began to fray the poplars howling softened to a croon the sun set clear and dusk revealed the moon a thin-blown bubble in a crystal bowl all night as twere the frozen prairie soul that voiced a hopeless longing for the spring the wolves assailed with mournful questioning the starry deeps of that tremendous hush dawn wore the mask of may a rosy flush it seemed the magic of a single bird might prove the seeing of the eye absurd and make the heaped-up winter billow green on second thought one knew the air was keen a wetted edge in gauze the village fires serenely builded tenuous gray spires that vanished in the still blue deeps of awe all prophets were agreed upon a thaw and when the morning stood a spear length high there grew along the western rim of sky a bank of cloud that had a rainy look it mounted slowly then the warm chinook began to breathe a melancholy drowse and sob among the naked poplar boughs as though the prairie dreamed a dream of june and knew it for a dream all afternoon the gale increased the sun went down blood-red the young moon perilously fragile fled to early setting and the long night roared tempestuously broke the day and poured an intermittent glory through the rifts amid the driven fog the sodden drifts already groomed and withered in the blast and when the flying noon stared down aghast the bluffs behind the village boomed with flood what magic in that sound to stir the blood of winter-weary men for now the spring no longer seemed a visionary thing but that which any morning might bestow and most of all that magic moved talbot for scrutinizing fink he thought he saw some reflex of that february thaw a whit less curling of the upper lip oh could it be returning comradeship that april not beholden to the moon nor chattelled to the sun that afternoon they played at euchre even fink sat in and though he showed no eagerness to win forgot the trumps and played his bowers wild there were not lacking moments when he smiled a hesitating smile twixt wan and grim it seemed his stubborn mood embarrassed him because regret now troubled it with shame the great wind died at midnight morning came serene and almost indolently warm as when an early april thunderstorm has cleansed the night and vanished with the gloom when one can feel the imminence of bloom as twere a spirit in the orchard trees when credulous of blossom come the bees to grumble round the seepages of sap so mused talbot while pushing back the flap instinctively he listened for a bird to fill the hush then presently he heard and twas the only sound in all the world the trickle of the melting snow that purled and tinkled in the bluffs above the town the sight of ragged winter patched with brown the golden piece and palpitant therein that water note spun silvery and thin begot a wild conviction in the man the wounded winter weakened now began the reconciliation hate would go and even as the water from the snow old comradeship come laughing back again all morning long he pondered while the men played seven up and scarce a trick was played but some one sang a snatch of song or made a merry jest 
and when the game was balked by one who quite forgot his hand and talked of things in old st louis none demurred and thus by noon it seemed the lightest word of careless salutation would avail to give a happy ending to the tale of clouded friendship so he rose and went by studied indirection to the tent of carpenter as one who takes the air and as he raised the flap and entered there a sudden gale of laughter from the men blew after him what music in it then what mockery when memory should raise so often in the coming nights and days the ruthless echo of it click on click amid the whirlwind finish of a trick the cards fell fast while king and queen and ace with meaner trumps for hounds pursued the chase of wily knave and lurking deuce and ten when suddenly the game enchanted men were conscious of a shadow in the place and glancing up they saw the smiling face of carpenter thrust in above talbot's how goes it boys said he and gaily those returned the greeting howdy mike he said and with a sullen hanging of the head fink mumbled howdy gruff but what of that one cannot doff displeasure like a hat twould dwindle snow-like nothing else would do but carpenter should play now fink played too and having brought his cherished ones together talbot surrendered to the languid weather and dreamily contented watched the sport all afternoon the pictured royal court pursued its quarry in the mimic hunt and carpenter now gayer than his wont lost much while fink with scarce a word to say his whole attention fixed upon the play one often so it happened when the sun was near to setting that the day seemed one for friendliness however stood the game but even then the unseen player came who stacks the shuffled deck of circumstance and playing wild the joker men called chance defeats the aces of our certainty the cards were dealt and carpenter bid three the next man passed the bid and so the next then fink a trifle hesitant and vexed bid four on spades and there was one who said in laughing banter mike i bet my head as how them spades of yourn will dig a hole and in some subtle meaning of the soul the wag was more a prophet than he knew fink held the ace and deuce and that made two his black king scored another point with knave but carpenter to whom that weird one gave a band of lesser trumps to guard his ten lay low until the queen had passed and then swept in a last fat trick for game and scored and now the players slapped their knees and roared you're set you're in the hole he set you mike then suddenly they saw fink crouch to strike and ere they comprehended what they saw there came a thud of knuckles on a jaw and carpenter rolled over on the ground one moment in a breathless lapse of sound the stricken man strove groggily to rise the emptiness of wonder in his eyes turned dreamily with seeming unconcern upon mike's face where now began to burn the livid murder lust twixt breath and breath the hush and immobility of death made there a timeless picture then a yell as of a wild beast charging broke the spell fink sprang to crush but midway met talbot who threw him as a collie dog may throw a raging bull but mike was up again 
and wielding thrice the weight of common men he gripped the little man by nape and thigh and lightly lifted him and swung him high and flung him and the smitten tent went down then rose a roar that roused the teeming town and presently a shouting rabble surged about the wreck whence tumbling emerged a knot of men who grappled fink and clung prodigiously he rose beneath them flung his smashing arms man-laden forth and back but stubbornly they gripped him like a pack that takes uncowed the maulings of a bear let carpenter get up they cried fight fair fight fair fight fair quite leisurely the while the stricken man arose a sleepy smile about his quiet eyes indeed he seemed as one but lately wakened who has dreamed a pleasing dream but when he stroked his beard and gazed upon his fingers warmly smeared with crimson from the trickle at his jaw his eyes went eagle keen with what they saw the stupor passed he hastily untied his buckskin shirt and casting it aside stood naked to the hips the tumult ceased as panting hard the voyageurs released their struggling charge and ducking to a swing of those freed arms sought safety scampering fink also stripped his shirt and as the man stood thus revealed a buzz of wonder ran amid the jostling rabble few there were who in that moment envied carpenter serenely poised and waiting placid browed for shall a lonely cedar brave a cloud bulged big and shapen to the cyclone's whirl lo even as the body of a girl the body of the blonde was smooth and white but vaguely as one guesses at the might of silent waters running swift and deep one guessed what stores of power lay asleep beneath the long fleet lines of trunk and limb thus god had made experiment with him and groping for the old adamic dream had found his patterns in the tree and stream as finks in whirling air and hungry flame now momently the picture there became a blur of speed mike rushed the tiptoe town craned eagerly to see a man go down before that human thunder gust but lo as bends a sapling when the great winds blow the other squatted deftly swayed aside and over him the slashing blows went wide fink sprawled but hardly had a spreading roar o'errun the town when silence as before possessed the scene for mike flashed back again with flame-like speed and suddenly the men clenched leaning neck to neck without a word like horn-locked bulls that strive before the herd they balanced might with might till mike's hands whipped beneath the other's armpits met and gripped across the broad white shoulders then began the whole prodigious engine of the man to bulge and roll and darken with the strain like rivulets fed suddenly with rain the tall one's thews rose ropily and flowed converging might against the growing load of those tremendous arms that strove to crush their labored breathing whistled in the hush one saw the blond man's face go bluish red as deeper and deeper sank fink's shaggy head amid his heaped-up shoulder brawn one knew that very soon the taller of the two must yield and take that terrible embrace a tenth's hypnotic quiet filled the place the men were like two wrestlers in a dream that holds an endless moment till a scream fell stab-like on the hush one saw a talbot jaws set hands clenched 
eyes wild and bending low as though he too were struggling slowly bowed beneath fink's might and then what ailed the crowd swept over by a flurry of surprise they swayed and jostled shouting battle cries and quips and jeers of savage merriment one moment they had seen the tall man bent about to break then falling back a haunch his feet had planted against the other's paunch and sent fink somersaulting once again a silence fell as leaping up the men were mingled briefly in a storm of blows now tripping like a dancer on his toes the blond man sparred while like a baited bear half blinded with the lust to crush and tear fink strove to clutch that something lithe and sleek that stung and fled and stung upon his cheek a flying shadow laid a vivid bruise another and his brow began to ooze slow drops that spattered on his bearded jaw again that shadow passed his mouth went raw and like a gunshot wound it gaped and bled fink roared with rage and plunged with lowered head upon this thing that tortured hurled it back amid the crowd one heard a thud and a smack of rapid blows on bone and flesh and then one saw the tall man stagger clear again with gushing nostrils and a bloody grin and down his front the whiteness of the skin was striped with flowing crimson to the waist unsteadily he wheeled about and faced the headlong hate of his antagonist now toe to toe and fist to flying fist they played at give and take and all the while the blond man smiled that riddle of a smile as one who meditates upon a jest yet surely he was losing backward pressed he strove in vain to check his raging foe fink lunged and straightened to a shoulder blow with force enough to knock a bison down the other dodged it squatting then the town discovered what a smile might signify for even as the futile blow went by one saw the lithe white form shoot up close in a hooked white arm jab upward to the chin once twice and yet again with eyes astare his hands aloft and clutching at the air fink tottered backward limply lurched and fell then came to pass what stilled the rabble's yell so strange it was and round the fires that night the wisest warriors talking of the fight could not explain what happened at the end no friend they said makes war upon a friend nor does a foe have pity on a foe and yet the tall white chief had bathed with snow the bloody mouth and battered cheek and brow of him who fell queer people anyhow the long knives were and hard to understand end of the fifth canto